Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and it's kind of nice being able to do one of these. I know it's been a few weeks, but being able to do one of these and talk actual sports. Um, it could be a illusion of sports as far as college athletics is concerned, but for now we're going to treat that possible illusion as if things are happening. So we're going to kind of delve into the football season and the schedule, and we're going to take away... Uh, sorry, take a look at kind of different units on the football team and previews and things like that. And we are under the assumption a football season is happening um, until we're not. That's really what it what it comes down to. And we had a little fun uh, last week with the release of the football schedule. Uh, we reported at Wildcat Authority that the Pac-12 is looking at putting rivalry games early. And that's exactly what it did. And I know there's been some questions as to why that happened. And I think it's twofold. Um, Larry Scott's explanation was that basically California and Arizona were hot spots. And the first two games are kind of flex games in the sense where if they are canceled or postponed, they are able to be moved during a bye week or December um, so on. And so the LA schools pretty much already said, hey, we're, we're delaying our game. Um, from what I understand, the Arizona schools are headed in the direction of playing. Now, that could change once kids start to report back to campus. Um, it may not change. Uh, I think the goal from Dave Hickey and Ray Anderson's point of view is that these this game, the Territorial Cup, will be played um, on September 26th. And I don't really know when the decision to postpone the game has to come by, um, but I know that as of today, um, early August, that the plan is to to play that football game. And it's kind of intriguing from a, a sports perspective, a actual football perspective, in that usually you kind of build to the Territorial Cup um, and, and the significance at the end of the season um, for whatever reason, it could be a bowl game, conference title, coach's you know, position, whether or not the coach will turn, whatever it may be. It always feels like there's a different significance to the game. Um, now, um, you know, there's kind of two perspectives. The first one is, man, I just want to see it get played. Like, I, I think that there, and, and I could be wrong, but I think there's a chunk of Arizona fans that are saying to themselves, yeah, the season may get canceled. Um, can we at least just get the first game in? So there's some sort of bragging rights for a year or until spring or whatever it may be. And, and so from a fan perspective, um, you know, I don't see any downside to the season opening up with ASU because you're getting the rivalry game. You're trying to guarantee yourself, if you're of the belief that a season is going to happen in some way, um, you're trying to guarantee yourself that the rivalry game is played. It gets a little bit interesting from both teams' perspectives because there's been some coaching changes. I think that the coaching change uh, 
from Arizona's view is is much bigger. Um, whole new defensive coaching staff, whole new defensive philosophy. Um, you know, you're you're talking a new defensive coordinator that has changed formations, personnel. Arizona's added guys, lost guys, etc. And basically, you're starting camp and saying that you have you know five weeks to kind of install an, a, a new defense and have it running against what should be um, a pretty good ASU team. Uh, ASU will be favored in that game. We're not going to get too deep into a preview because there's such a, a long way to go, but I think it's reasonable to believe that ASU will be the favorite heading into that game. Um, you know, it, it, there's some, it's not all bad. I mean, there's, it's, there's more talent overall on the defense. Um, you know, you're looking at guys that, you know, at least they have the playbook and things like that. The freshmen arrived to campus this week. So, it, you know, it basically deletes the early conference, early out-of-conference games that kind of lets you work through them some things. Now you don't really have the time. You're kind of jumping right into a rivalry game. People don't care. Um, you know, I, I know things are weird, but people aren't going to care if the defense starts slow and all that. They, they want to beat ASU. And for ASU, it's the same way. No Eno Benjamin, a few other guys are gone. They don't care. They want to beat Arizona. And so it's it's you would assume it's going to be an ugly game, but, you know, it's it's a rivalry game. And sometimes that happens, and, and I think that we're at the point where um, the majority of college football fans want to see college football um, happen. And so it, it's, it's an interesting game from a personnel point of view, from a tying point of view, etc., um, you know, Grant Gunnell, it's going to be his first um, start where he knows that he is the quarterback. He's the man. You know, he could play poorly in that first game, and, and he's not getting pulled, especially with the news. Kevin Doyle opting out um, of this season because of the COVID concerns. Will Plummer, Rhett Rodriguez, those guys aren't going to beat out Grant Gunnell. Um, Kevin Doyle wasn't going to beat out Grant Gunnell, um, despite what some people may think. But uh, at least, you know, there's, there's probably less competition for Gunnell. Um, should the season happen and you take a look at the offense and uh, I think it's a really intriguing you know thing to see you got the the group of running backs Frank Brown arrived to campus today um, you know you got some talent at wide receiver Jamari Joyner appears fully healthy offensive line is is solid or maybe it doesn't have the depth um, that that Arizona wants but it's still solid in that starting rotation um, and so the offense isn't a big concern it's hey what can Paul Rhodes and the defensive staff do with the defense in the next month or so, and then we don't even know when the the hitting and stuff. What what is that going to look like in the offseason? Can a defense go with you know rare barely any hitting, uh, barely any contact to kind of jumping into a game? What's that going to look like, etc.? We don't really know. And the reality is, although we're analyzing it, um, we just want football. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like yeah, you know what's going to happen here? Who what's this player going to look like, etc.? But the reality is. Man, I just want to see this game. You know, this game is just, uh, you know, I, I just want to see what it's going to look like. If Arizona loses, it's going to suck. But, you know, we'll have something to talk about with college athletics. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's an intriguing schedule overall as well. Arizona opens with ASU and then goes right to Washington. That's a pretty difficult first two-game stretch. And actually, you could make the argument, we'll look at it in a second, that Arizona's beginning of the season is just brutal, um, and, and we'll delve into that in a minute. But you're going out Washington, at Seattle. Yeah, Washington has a new coach. Probably won't be as good as last season, but Arizona's not going to go to Washington in October and win a football game. 
Um, then you go versus Colorado. You look at the schedule. That's probably the most winnable game on the schedule, a home game against Colorado. Colorado should be the worst team in the Pac-12. Carl Durrell um, losing, you know, quarterback, using a, a good amount of talent. Colorado, I'd be really surprised if the Buffs aren't the worst team in uh, in the Pac-12. And then you go versus USC and at Utah. You got to assume Arizona's not winning either of those games. USC should be on paper. Um one of the top two teams in the conference. You never know with Clay Helton, but in terms of pure talent, the Trojans are right there with anyone. At Utah, Halloween, bad recipe. <laughs> and then they go at Oregon State, which by then, you never know. Um, you know, Arizona should be better than the Beavers, but you're going on the road November. You'll have some games on your belt. That won't be an easy game. And then you go in versus Cal and versus Oregon. Both games are home, which are nice, but Arizona's going to be underdogs in both at UCLA, at Stanford. That is a brutal schedule. And I know that Arizona's at-a-conference schedule uh, wasn't easy. I mean, Arizona had to go and play Texas Tech. They were going to play Hawaii. The, you know, it, Arizona should have been able to go 2-1, and 3-0 and in at-a-conference games. I, I would have picked them to go 2-1 and with the loss at Texas Tech. But the thing with this schedule is that you're basically saying to yourself, um, there's no room for error. Like you're jumping right into it. Um, in, in the Pac-12, you know it, it's it's not going to be easy for Arizona, and you're going to see other conferences follow suit. I mean, SEC. I mean, imagine that. Like you're jumping right into the SEC. Ten games, boom, here you go. There's a reason why teams in the SEC usually play, you know, Incarnate Word and South Point Catholic High School because they want to try to get some wins before they jump into that difficult conference schedule and that's not going to happen and you worry about other things too i mean you worry about injuries when that happens you have guys that you know usually you kind of ease into things a little bit and i know that football players would argue that nothing's easy and that's not necessarily my point but there's obviously a jump in competition from playing nau to playing texas tech you know stanford etc you know I, i don't think anyone would argue that point but then you start to worry about injuries how ready are the freshmen what do you do with the freshmen I mean, their experience is they're, they're arriving to campus. Arizona's freshmen arrived to campus August 2nd, August 3rd, um, a, a couple of them, you know, maybe a week from now. You're getting COVID testing. You're sitting out. You don't know when workouts are going to happen. And then you're saying to these freshmen, all right, in five weeks, you got to be ready for your first game. Um, how many of these freshmen are going to redshirt? You would assume, again, assuming there's a season, obviously, you would assume a large chunk of them are going to redshirt. I don't see how, you know, I... I just for example, I think Josh Baker, the offensive lineman coming in, is going to be really good. I, I like him quite a bit. I, I think it's impossible for an offensive lineman to hit the ground running in a month and be ready to play football. And then is the four-game redshirt rule still a thing? Because that now is almost half the season. And so you could almost play half the season, you know, 40% of the season, and still redshirt. And, and there's so many unanswered questions. But I think you're asking a lot for a freshman to come in and be ready, especially a defensive freshman alignment. I mean, these these aren't easy things to learn um, with so little time to, to kind of hit the ground running, and then you're not tackling. Um, you know, how would these kids adjust to the speed of the college game? You talk to freshmen over the years, I've talked to freshmen over the years, and the first thing you say is the speed, the speed, the speed, the speed. Not just the speed of the guys on the field, but the speed of practices and having to understand things, the playbooks, etc. Everything at the college level in football, basketball, any of these sports is much faster. And what type of learning curve 
will these guys have um, upon reaching campus and having to play or wanting to play early in the season. And um, I would just be surprised if these freshmen are ready to contribute. And my guess is if they're ready to contribute, it's either A, they were forced into it, like Arizona or other teams don't have a choice, you're playing whether you're ready or not, or B, you're going to see some really good freshmen. Like if a freshman is playing in that first game and they're playing real snaps, you got to think it's because this kid is going to be good. Um, I, I don't know if there's a, a guy in Arizona's class that is necessarily like that. And, I, and again, I'm not saying that Arizona's class isn't good. Um, I, there, there's quite a few guys that I like in the 2020 class. But when you look at the class, I mean, Will Plummer is a quarterback. Um, guy like Woody Jean, Stacy Marshall, Ro- Roberto Miranda. I mean, I took a look at Jean and, and Marshall. Those two guys maybe could challenge because they've been on campus. But Frank Brown, I, I think, is a guy where at running back, maybe that's a little easier. But a guy like Regan Terry, you got to assume he's going to redshirt. You know, a guy like... Derek Morning, maybe he plays early. Uh, Arizona's, you know, doesn't have the depth at linebacker. Is he going to be ready? Edric Whitley, um, a guy I really like. Is he going to be ready? But you look at guys like Dylan Miller, um, Sean Trail Key, Sam Lange, Isaiah Mays, Anthony Pat, Parrish Shand. I mean, these guys, it's going to be tough for them to play. The Juco kids, maybe you have a little more faith, Sam Lange and, and Isaiah Mays, but... You know, if you're a high school kid like um, Anthony Pat, you're an offensive lineman, there's no way you're playing this year. Um, you're going to redshirt, and if the kid plays as a, a true offensive lineman, true freshman offensive lineman, um, props to him. That obviously means that he's a very good football player. But overall, there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered, and, and I actually, I'm not a Larry Scott fan, but I do like the fact that, I'm, I am just said I'm not a Larry Scott fan. If you're a Larry Scott fan, let me know. I think it's probably more. It's probably easier to say I share the opinion of everyone else with Larry Scott, but I do give him credit for admitting on the recent media call last week that it, not that they're making it up as they go along, um, but they're cautiously optimistic. They're planning on outbreaks and things like that. They're figuring out ways to handle them. Um, you know, like from the media perspective, uh, a guy asked on the media call, "What about us? Like, what are we going to look like?" And they have no idea, and, and I don't expect them to have idea because you know we're probably the last priority in terms of figuring things out, and um, I assume everything's going to be Zoom meeting and uh, media coverage is changing in terms of being able to watch practice and all that, but, you know, it, it's a different time, and I think at this point, I'm at the point where um, wake me up when it is September 26th, because it feels, and, and I know I said we're doing previews and all that, and we're going to continue to do it, because again, there's a football season until we're not, but I, I completely understand the perspective of this is all noise until we see that ball kick off. And when that ball kicks off, there's going to be a lot of people that are feeling great about college football. And if that ball's kicking off, that means that stuff with this virus has moved in the right direction. And if it doesn't kick off, um, I don't know if there's going to be a season in the spring. Um, from what I have under uh, what I understand, talking to people in the conference, they don't want it. Um, you know, I, I, they don't want to skip football. I think the financial obligations and ramifications of no fall football season are very, very bad. Um, you know, athletics, outside of athletics, we're talking about lost jobs, huge numbers of revenue, etc. But there's also concerns with playing a spring football season and mixing that with other sports as well. Um, the, it's not just, hey, let's play football in the spring and go from there. So a lot of questions. You take a look at Arizona's schedule. It is a brutal one. Um, you know, my, my gut right now, if someone were to ask me, I'd say it's a two-win schedule. 
Um, you know, it, it's just it, it comes off to me as a two-win schedule. Uh, could be wrong, but um, that's that's just kind of what it feels like. And as the season gets around and, and we start to hear more information about certain guys and how they're performing and all that, um, maybe we'll get a, a better feel for everything. Um, so with that being said, I uh, appreciate you for joining me. I know this was a short one. We're going to try to do much more podcasts now that there's more news and stuff. I promise. I know I said that before. I promise we're going to do more podcasts. So I'm Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority Senior Editor. Thank you for joining us on the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.